0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody.
1: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy studios on Thursday, August 16th. Have a great show in store for you. Obviously going to go over the LA Galaxy's 2-2 draw with the Colorado Rapids. Maybe a goal that should have counted. And then, of course, another spate of injuries for the LA Galaxy. So we're going to take a look at that. Also going to find out exactly where this LA Galaxy team should be in the standings. Do you think they're overrated, underrated? Where do they sit in terms of MLS, in terms of the playoff position? All those things we're certainly going to look at. And then... We're going to get you ready for the LA Galaxy as they head on the road to face the Seattle Sounders on Saturday. That's a 1 p.m. kickoff time. We're going to talk about that game coming up here at the uh, towards the end of the show. But a lot of stuff to talk about. The Galaxy not getting the results that they need over the last two games, or maybe that they wanted. We've talked a lot about how they have sort of come in and out in terms of being a being successful, winning games, scoring goals. The defense has sort of been... I'll tell you this. The one consistent thing you've seen from the Galaxy this year is their defense. It is consistently bad. And we saw it again in Colorado. Now, this time, it's, it's actually a little different if you really want to think about it that way. This wasn't the Galaxy getting caught on quick counterattacks. And the LA Galaxy getting caught up the field... Nope, that didn't happen this time. In fact, on both of the goals they scored, Colorado scored. Both of those goals had defenders back behind the ball. And in both cases, the Gal- Colorado was still able to score. So, I mean, you look at this and, and what you saw from the Galaxy, and again, it shouldn't be surprising to you if you're a Galaxy fan. Um, you really should already understand what the shortcomings are, and I think the coaching staff understands what those shortcomings are. And I'm not sure you can fix anything. I'm not. It may just be like this, uh, and if that's the case, then you have to figure out how to score more goals. I mean, that's a bottom line, right? So, this is where you're looking at for the Galaxy is is they're getting they're getting results. Listen, this is better than last year. I want to just put it in perspective. And, granted, you you shouldn't you shouldn't base everything that goes on off of what happened last year, worst year in franchise history. But the Galaxy aren't losing games. They're drawing games. You're, Josh, they just lost to Colorado. Yeah, I know. They've lost one game in their last 12. All right? One game in their last 12. I think if you were any Galaxy fan, last year you would have said you would take one game in their last 12 as something that probably worked pretty well for you. The Galaxy can't hold a lead. That's just that's just how this team is. Quite honestly, then maybe they're better going down and trying to fight back because they seem to do better when that happens. Uh, got the first goal against Colorado in Colorado, ended up losing 2-1. to Got the first goal against Minnesota, ended up trying 2-2. Got the first goal against Colorado at home, ended up drawing 2-2. That's, that's what this Galaxy team is. And if you go back and look at the stats in this game, which of course, I'm sure all of you do, right? You all look at the stats and say, and, and try to use it objectively to be able to tell what you just saw, to take what you saw in your eyes and be able to look at the graphs and say, yes, this makes sense to me. Galaxy got out in this game 60-40. to 40. All right. What have we learned so far about the Galaxy this year? We know they're direct. All right, good. Uh, we know they can't hold possession. 60-40 sort of makes sense. Okay, yeah. It's direct and can't hold possession, right. Uh, you know that they were missing some of their more creative players. I'm going to say Giovanni Del Santos. Some are you are going to laugh, but I'm dead serious whenever I say that. Roman Alessandrini, Giovanni Del Santos. Um, you know, both of those guys going down in the first half of the last game, and then you have two more guys. You have Jonathan Del Santos and Michael Ciani uh, going down in the first half of this Colorado game where they just tied. So the 60-40 actually kind of makes sense. In fact, that's a Galaxy possession line that you've seen a lot in the wins that they have. Uh, when the Galaxy go up or they have a goal, they have trouble holding on to possession. So the 60-40 does not surprise me, even a little bit. I will tell you this, Colorado outpossessed them and made them look like they were standing still a lot of times. The Galaxy grew into this game, which if you're looking for a positive, maybe that's it. Maybe the the first half was some of the most boring soccer, I think. Listen, in the press box, <clears throat> in the press box what happens whenever a game is real boring is that most of the time if the game's entertaining or at least interesting. You have the reporters sitting there and they're paying attention and everybody's staring at the field and you're watching it. What you had in the press box during the first half was a bunch of guys just commenting about how boring the game was um, and then talking about other things while you still sort of watch the game. All right, that's that's what happens. The The worst game I ever watched was that Sporting Kansas City LA Galaxy game, which I think uh, had one shot on goal. And, I, you know, it was difficult to write a game recap after that because that whole game just sort of blended into nothing. That's how this first half was for the LA Galaxy. Galaxy come out in a lineup uh, without Giovanni Dos Santos, without... Uh, Roman Alessandrini, and like-for-like like swaps in most of these, it wasn't a surprise. Sebastian Legette takes over for Giovanni Dos Santos in that we'll call it the 10-spot. I would disagree with you if you, if you really believe that Legette was playing in a 10-spot. He was not p- p- playing in a playmaker role at all. Um, in fact, I, I'm going to argue, I think, during this, this podcast that, that Legette really shouldn't be playing in the middle anymore. Um, because if you see where he's having... Josh, he just scored two goals in two games. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. Look where he scored those goals. Both of those goals came from the right-hand side. Maybe you need to do something else with Sebastian Legette to get him out in wide positions, because he seems to be able to cut in and attack better than, than really this, this central playmaker role that he has been adopted or or at least thrust into. I know a lot of people with the U.S. men's national team like to see him in the center. I know that uh, Bruce Serena, I think before he left, wanted to see him in the center. I think that Siggy has wanted to play him in the center, and I get it. I know why. Um, that all makes sense. I, I get why you want to push him into that position, but I'll tell you right now, I think he's better on the outside cutting in than he is trying to distribute from the center of the field. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos had a good first half in this game, which is unfortunate because he came out of this game uh, much like Giovanni Dos Santos's brother, the game before had a good spate. Uh, a good first half um, was one of the most dynamic players, and I, I, I argued that if Jonathan Dos Santos stayed in the game against Minnesota, that the Galaxy would have won that game. I will argue that if Jonathan Dos Santos stays in this game, I think they have a much better chance at winning. Um, I didn't love, and I have never loved, Perry Kitchen and Servando Carrasco next to each other, but I, I'll be honest, there isn't something I like more. It's not like putting Baggio Hucinich in that role suddenly makes this team better. Um, you know, maybe you could bring somebody, maybe you could drop Legit back with Kitchen and bring in, you know, Bradford Jamison in that center spot. That's that's a stretch, I realize it. Listen, you're you're, you're a drop-off from Gio. You're a drop-off from Jonah. You, there's a reason those guys start. And again, I know I'm saying that, you know, Gio is is a is a talented player. He is. Uh, and he's been playing better since the World Cup game out, but we're going to find out and I'm going to go over the injury list. You're not going to have him for a month. So he's out, so LeJet filling in there is good, and LeJet has two goals from that position, in quotation marks. Uh, But really, it, it really does change how the Galaxy look, and you saw it in the second half again. You saw it in the second half of the game against Minnesota. You see it in this. These are mirrors of each other in terms of the injuries and how the injuries affected the way the Galaxy were playing. And seeing Zlatan Ibrahimovic drop deeper, Um, Zlatan's complaining about not getting enough clear chances at goal. There's a reason. He's dropping deeper in order to be a playmaker because the Galaxy don't have one. And there's space in between Legette and whatever the back line of the defenders is going to move off of Kamara. There's space behind there for Ibrahimovic to roam, but it doesn't put him in the dangerous positions you see whenever Gio is up there or whenever you have somebody pressing that top line and opening up space for Ibra. Instead, Ibra's having to open up space for other people, which is why you're seeing a guy like Ola Kamara um, have a great game. He, he's just working so hard. Uh, he's not getting on the he's not getting on the stat sheet. He's not you're not seeing it from him. He has nine goals on the season. I mean, it's not like he hasn't done anything, but you're not seeing the stats. But if you're watching the game, you're seeing how hard he works, and that's what you saw in this Colorado game. A guy who just worked and worked and worked uh, got called. Uh, he wasn't even offside. Technically, it was uh, Ashley Cole who was offside, scored a goal. It was that was rightfully ruled out in this particular case. But what I'm trying to say is that there is a real um, effect of these injuries and what it's doing to the galaxy's formation right now um, this is this is seriously it's going to be difficult for the galaxy to find a rhythm with this particular formation um, and I don't think you change it because I think you have to give it you have to give familiarity to everybody around it because the people have changed you want to keep them in there but it's going to be difficult for this team to go up to Seattle and to get any sort of possession. The good news is they're on the road. They probably will play better on the road than they will at home because they'll get to play some of that counterattacking. Um, but Seattle is, is going to be a tough tough cookie to crack here. Um, or I guess tough nut to crack because you don't crack cookies. Yeah, that makes sense. Good job, Josh. Um, so, so really you have that. You, you saw Siani get injured in this game as well. Um, this is this is something that the Galaxy then put Daniel Steris in. And in the second half, for all of you who are saying, why doesn't Siggy play the 4-4-2? So you had 4-4-2 in the second half. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. All right, so you had a 4-4-2, the four defenders back there. When did they score all, both of their goals in the second half? Against what? A four-man back line in the 4-4-2. You see the problems with the 4-4-2, at least the way the Galaxy play it. There's not enough people in the midfield to slow down an attack. Ashley Cole, whenever he plays the wing-back position and you have three in the back, does a good job of slowing things down. Perry Kitchen does an okay job of slowing things down. Uh, Servando Carrasco did an okay job of slowing things down, but in the 4-4-2, you only have Kitchen and... And and Carrasco in there to slow things down in the second half, and that's not as good as having those five in there. And Leggett has to play more defense and get back more. Um, not his strong suit, but he's he's there's a tenacity that he has, so that's okay. Um, he's going to be forced in that position more and more. And in fact, the Galaxy probably will look to play him in the same position whenever they go up to um, whenever they go up to Seattle. So this is what you have with the Galaxy. Understand that there are limitations with all of this stuff. All right. You know that Chris Pontius is only going to be able to run so far. I, he is the best signing the Galaxy made in the offseason, uh, outside of paying $1.5 million for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That was, you know, that's, that's the upper echelon there. But in terms of getting your money's worth, Chris Pontius is doing just fine with that. That was a great signing, and he is somehow able to run up and down that field for most of the time. He does leave Romney by himself a lot. That happens whenever you're expecting Chris Pontius to get into the offense and then track back as well. He's not quick. He's not going to be able to go up and back and up and back the whole time. Um, And I think that in both of the games that you've seen, Siggy's plan for bringing in subs, I think that if everything was better, if everything was better, um, I think that if you didn't have the injuries in the first half of both of these games, I think Felcher already would have had some time. In both of those games, the fact that he hasn't is limiting his return because there's a good chance that in Seattle you would want to start Felcher instead of Pontius. Josh, you're crazy. No, Josh isn't crazy. I would go with five in the back, a 5-3-2, let Felcher and Cole pinch into the midfield whenever they can to be the defense, let Cole get forward whenever he wants to. Um, You know, you can even put Boateng on the side and and give Cole a break. Those things can happen here if you get Felcher back. But because he hasn't played, that's limiting his return right now. And it's it's not going to be... It's not going to be perfect. It's not the way the Galaxy want to play. They were healthy... Uh, I'd just like to point this out. They were 100% healthy going into the game against Minnesota, and in in two halves, in the first half of both of these games, they've lost all three designated players and Michael Ciani. They were completely healthy, and now they have four players who are out. And by the way, those four players not playing this weekend in Seattle. I'll tell you that right now. We already know what the injuries are, and again, I'll go over those. But you do have to give some props to some of the stuff the Galaxy did. Ashley Cole getting a goal. Cole goal. Um, his third career goal for the LA Galaxy, his first since the LA Galaxy got destroyed by Real Salt Lake six to two. You all remember that, right? Six to two, July fourth. That's the last time Ashley Cole scored a goal. Uh, got the ball from Chris Pontius, a uh, a good pass and a great move by Ashley Cole, and then wasn't uh, was just able to dance through the box and get that. That was good. Okay, other good Sebastian Legette, as we talked about, two goals in two games. Good. Uh, although, again, where did he find the space? On the right-hand side. That was good because he moved into the space, but again, he attacks better from the right-hand side. Left-footed shot, curled it around Tim Howard. Great. Uh, how about a first-half goal that could have been called? How about the shot by Ola Kamara? Now, we've seen the replays. Ola Kamara hits a ball. The ball goes towards the uh, the far post. Tim Howard dives for it. It goes off of his hand, hits his face, and somehow, quote-unquote, stays outside The line. Okay. Here's the thing. There's only one person who knows whether or not that ball went over the line. That's Cosmo. Cosmo tried to jump over the boards telling everybody the ball went over the line. I'm going to have to disagree with Cosmo on this one, and the only reason is I'm going to disagree with anybody who's been posting the pictures saying this shows the balls over the line. It it doesn't show the balls over the line. It's a horrible angle. Uh, It's not being shot down the line. MLS does not have goal line technology. All right, I know y'all wanted to think that they did. They don't. There's no goal line tech. It is only VAR, so it's only video. And with t- with the Spectrum SportsNet, um telecasts that they're doing, they do not have goal line cameras. Now, the posts at StubHub can accept goal line cameras. Uh, ESPN has done it. I've seen it for uh, for the, some of the bigger games. Um, so that's something that you, that you can see. So if you did have the cameras, you could have a goal line camera. And if you had a goal line camera in there, then there's a chance that VAR could have looked at it and said, oh, yes, that's a goal. But because the angles come from really the midfield line and then the uh the quarter field lines on either side that's where the cameras are pointed you're always at an angle down on the goal line you're never going to be able to tell so keep posting those pictures and i'll keep telling you you're crazy from all I, the ball could have been over the line i have no idea and you certainly don't know that that ball went over you can post the pictures all you want but it shows absolutely nothing you could put that ball almost anywhere right and ola kamara even admitted uh, Larry Morgan had a story for us today, talking to Ola Kamara about it. And Ola Kamara goes, yeah, he thinks it probably it might have went in, but his view might have been blocked too. So even Ola's like, uh, and I'll tell you this, after the game, nobody talked about it. None of the players talked about it. They weren't like, oh man, we got screwed on that. No, they didn't. They didn't say any of that. They had lots to talk about. They complained about other things. But not that. That didn't happen. So usually if a player feels aggrieved, they're going to tell you. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, somebody said that perhaps, you know, the Galaxy need to look at getting a better TV deal. The Galaxy have, I, I at the time they signed it, it was the best television deal in uh, Major League Soccer. I think $5.5 million over 11 years, or excuse me, $55 million over 11 years, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but since they've been bought out, uh, the coverage has sort of waned. It's not a great product anymore. I mean, Joe and Kobe do the, do the best they can there with, uh, with what they're given. I think those guys are great, uh, even if I disagree with them on some things. So if you wanted to do if, if MLS wanted to do goal line technology, it costs over three hundred thousand dollars a stadium in order to do that. So multiply that by uh, by your twenty three teams and soon to be twenty four teams, uh, and that's how much it's going to cost you uh, to install goal line tech across the entire uh, you know league, which you have to have it on all league. Uh, if goal line tech, by the way, points seven cameras at each goal, so you have fourteen cameras that basically are able to track the ball. That's how it works. It's from Hawkeye Technologies, same people who do the uh, the tennis stuff, so if you've ever seen tennis and the Hawkeye and the replays and all that fun stuff. Uh, I think goal line technology is great. If you've seen it in the World Cup or you saw it in you know the EPL or any of the leagues across the, uh, the world, goal line tech is so cool because it does one thing that I absolutely love. It keeps players from arguing about whether the ball went over the line or not because you know the ball is over the line. All right, if the watch buzzes, the ball is over the line and it has millimeter accuracy, which means it's way, way, way more sensitive and way more exacting than any television is going to be. So imagine you have VAR. And I've seen, have you seen some of the, the replays that they have for goal line technology where they show it and you're like, wow, I didn't know if that ball went over and they show it and it just barely ever so little tiny teensy bit. In fact, to your naked eye, it still looks like it's touching the line, but goal line tech says it goes over and you know that's more accurate than your eye or the television you're watching it on. So it's good. Imagine trying to do that with VAR, looking at the replay and saying, oh, did it go in? So, again, uh, goal line tech should be something. I think it costs about five or $6,000 a game in order to operate it as well, so you have to take that times, you know, your 17 games that you play at home uh, plus the preseason games that you have. So, that's what you see. So, I have no doubt in my mind that VAR took a look at the ball whenever... Ola Kamara shot it and looked at it and said, "I don't have the angle to fix that. there's there's nothing there. I can't I can't do anything And again, I'm looking at it, I'm telling you there's nothing there. We saw the replays in the press box and we all sat there and said, there's no way you can there's no way you can do that. So MLS has stated that it's too expensive. They installed VAR instead. I would love to see VAR uh, be taken away with that and just uh, just put in the goal line tech because goal line tech is is important. You got to count the goals that are goals. Um, goal line tech is great because anybody can use it Um, even MLS refs for those of you worried about their intelligence, it's very easy, the ball goes over the line, The, the, the watch that they have on it buzzes and it says goal, that's it and then they blow the whistle and say it's a goal, game over that's it, easy peasy there's no arguing, that's it so yeah, it's, it's one of those things. The $6,000 per game, by the way, um, like five or $6,000 per game, somebody at Wicked in the chat room is asking, why does it cost $6,000? I'm sure there's a licensing fee that also happens to this. Plus, you may actually have to have somebody who runs it as well, who sits there and makes sure the cameras are correct and everything is happening. I don't know if those are Hawkeye officials or if they teach somebody. So there's a, there's a cost associated with running the program because there's a software program that combines all of these for a view of the ball. It's actually really cool. Uh, really cool tech. It's something MLS needs to do. Um, but in this case, we'll never know. We'll never know because the camera angle's not there. So, anyway, you can keep arguing about it if you want. It's not going to help you at all. Especially not in this game. Two goals the Galaxy gave up. Oh, the first one. Here's where I told you in the beginning it's different. This is why this game was different. And I may even argue here later that the Galaxy are getting better and it's just, you're, you're not paying attention to the important parts, okay? This is the problem with both of those goals. They had people behind People behind the ball both times, both goals, there were people there. This was not a case of the Galaxy getting out countered or outrun. The defense was back. In fact, Siggy mentioned that there were five or six guys back at one time and a, and a forward still wins the ball. He goes, So it's not tactics. All right, let's go. To, let's listen to Siggy a little bit, uh, in terms of what he had to say. Uh, if you go to cornerthegalaxy.com, by the way, I did something that I won't be doing for every game because it's exhausting. Um, but I did post the entire transcript from all of the post game media availability that we had, uh, afterwards. So we talked to Siggy Schmidt, Laton Ibrahimovic, uh, Ashley Cole, and Sebastian Legette. Those were the four people that we got to talk to. So, um, you can go read word for word everything they said. And this includes, and this is better than what the Galaxy put out. Um, because I'm telling you right now, they only clip maybe one or two or three of the things that are said. They never take the whole thing because some of it just doesn't make sense. So uh, Siggy Schmidt uh, talks about the, uh, the tendency to the LA Gal- of the LA Galaxy to give up leads. And he says, yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not good defensively. It deals a little bit with mentality and it deals with our organization. It deals with our communication on the field. On the first goal, the ball gets cleared out and we don't step out. We walk out. Again, we can talk tactics and we can continue to work on that, but that's not tactics, that's effort. We need more from them. I mean, we have the defenders, we have. We weren't able in the transfer window to add anybody because we just don't have the room or the finances to do it, and we didn't have the roster space to do it. It's difficult. These guys have to step up, and we've got to figure it out. We're not going to get to the playoffs by going one point at a time. Siggy targeted 1.5. As the points per game the Galaxy needed in order to get in the playoffs, they're at 1.48 right now. They were at 1.5 before this game. So they dropped a little bit in there. But that's C. Schmidt talking about it. He's talking about effort. There are people understand. There were people behind the ball on this. The ball gets headed out by Shelvick. He does a good job to get in the way, to head it out to the side. Unfortunately, it lands right to to a Colorado Rapids player. All right, that's unfortunate. It happens. All right. But that's not, that's not the end of the world. So Edgar Castillo gets the ball. He starts running at Dave Romney, and Dave Romney doesn't come out and attack. Now, Dave Romney didn't have any cover behind him either, and he also had Dan Steres, who was shifted and in the center still. So he was on an island by himself. Again, no tracking back from Chris Pontius. That's something you'd like to see. You would hope you would get some help. You'd hope you get some backside pressure on Edgar Castillo, the defender, who has now made his way up onto the left-hand side. And all Castillo does is get the ball and then hit a laser of a left foot shot uh, that goes across the goal and past David Bingham. Uh, that one was was unfortunate. It's, it is. It's, it's an effort issue in terms of, and a little bit of tactics. I mean, there is something there. You would like to see somebody trying to track back. You would like to see that. But that's not happening right now. All right, so the Galaxy end up giving up a goal there. That's, that happens, all right? That's the worst goal. By the way, of the goals that Colorado scored, that is the one that you should be angry and upset about. That's the one where you have to say you have to be better. You have to try to block that. And Siggy Schmidt said after the Minnesota game that he was disappointed because the Galaxy had not been blocking enough shots. He said in the Minnesota game, we didn't block any shots. We didn't get in front of people. Look at this Colorado game. Go back and look at how many times Ashley Cole gets in front of the ball. Dave Romney gets in front of the ball. Sheldick gets in front of the ball. And who gets in front of the ball in the second goal? Daniel Steris. Daniel Steris did everything Right. There's nothing he did wrong in this play that allows Nicky Jackson to get a goal and it's unfortunate. All right, and I'm going to disagree with Joe Tatino and Kobe Jones, who I lo- who I both like very much. They're good guys, but I'm going to disagree. You want to go ahead and blame it on David Bingham when that ball gets deflected and not deflected a little bit. That ball was going towards the far post. All right, Bingham saw it go towards the far post. He was already set for that. And then the ball gets deflected. He doesn't see it because it gets deflected by stairs real close up. And then he has no time to react. That's why it looks like he doesn't see it and it goes right over his head. That's why he misses it. All right, I was talking to some players. I was talking to some players. And they were saying, hey, listen, we saw the deflection. David Bingham has to do better. Everybody wants that. But at the same time, that's not his fault. Zlatan called David Bingham out in not so many words. We can talk about that as well. David Bingham is an average goalkeeper. Maybe a little bit above average. Right in there. You need to have a good defense behind him. That's just an unlucky goal. You can be mad about giving up the lead, absolutely. Should Nicky Jackson should have even gotten that ball in that position? No, they should have probably been able to attack that ball before he gets it. But Starris did everything right. The Galaxy defense did everything right in there. Bingham was in the correct position. He didn't see it. Once the ball got lost in Starris' legs and comes to the deflection off, he didn't see it. And that goes over his head. That's fine. I'm going to live with that. He's had plenty of mistakes. I think he should have got his hand on the ball that went across... Uh, went across his body in the first one, on the Dave Romney one. But it was a laser. It was a laser. See, and again, everybody, even in the chat room, you guys keep looking at it as if he he had plenty of time to react. It looked like he didn't. So why didn't he react? What, you you don't think that he knows how to dive and he knows how to move? And if you think that two hands going up above him is going to save that ball, the ball was by him before he even saw it. That ball doesn't get deflected. He has a chance at it. All right, That ball doesn't get deflected. He has a chance at it. Absolutely. So Bingham is, is among the leaders in, the, in Major League Soccer in saves because he gets peppered with shots so many. Not so much in this game. This was actually pretty good. He made two saves. He faced four shots. I mean, that's not a ton. Colorado's not that good either. I mean, that's where the frustration really comes from, everybody, right? That's where it always starts. Is that the last two, t- two games, the last three games, are against bottom-dwelling teams. Guess what? All those bottom-dwelling teams, they're starting to move towards the middle. That's what happened. By the way, somebody in the chat room says, oh, we miss Jaime Pinedo. Jaime Pinedo just announced that he is uh, retiring from international football, actually. I wanted to bring that as part of the Galaxy News part, but I'll say it now. Jaime Pinedo an- uh, said uh, basically that he won't play more international for Panama, um, and so now he's just a club guy, which is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. That, Jaime Pineda was great. Uh, he got some bad advice, um, and for that, he abandoned the team that really probably still would have had him if he was there. I mean, could you, did you think Jaime Pineda would go anywhere if he was uh, if if he wouldn't have left on his own volition after getting some horrible devi- advice? It's a good question. I don't think he's going anywhere. Anyway, Dave Romney didn't have a great game. The rest of the defense played okay. I know there's people who are going to argue. Bingham didn't have a great game. I'll say that right now. Uh, that clearance that he that he miffed and that, that was not good. Um so I mean, but that's what you get from David Bingham. He's been consistent all year. David Bingham has given you consistent effort throughout the year. Throughout the year, David Bingham has, has given you effort. Consistent effort from the defense as well. And maybe that's not a good thing. All right. Siggy Schmidt calling out the effort. Siggy Schmidt saying, Similar to Saturday whenever I asked him about his general thoughts on the match. He said, similar to Saturday, we had the lead twice, so we need to hold on to the lead. Our final resolution, our final commitment, I don't know if it's there. I know we can talk tactics if we want, but when a player, when there is one forward playing against four defenders and he drops off and gets the ball in a pocket, I don't know what the tactics are there. Saying that they're in the right position, they should make the play. And he goes on, and he says, do we need six back there? The tactics are somebody's got to get up his rear end. So it's just that final thing for us just hasn't clicked. Uh, he goes on, and he says, I thought they were better than us tonight in the first half. For sure, we switched to a 4-4-2 at halftime. I thought we got into the game a little better as the result of that, and we got a couple of goals, but so did they. Zlatan Ibrahimovic was, uh, was amazing. Was amazing. We had to wait for him for a long time. Didn't know if he was going to want to talk to us. Always sort of a toss-up, you never know. If you do, haven't read all of his quotes, you need to, because there's no way I could talk. I could get them all in here. Um, basically, Zlatan saying, uh, uh, my favorite thing that he said on, is on not getting score each, scoring chances, and he says, I uh, quote, no, two games, not even one clear chance, and I don't know. I'm trying to run into space and that and to get the balls. The only thing I had was a free kick, actually four free kicks, Two of them hit the bird outside of the stadium and one catch the hand, the fourth hit the crossbar and that's the only chances I have. I don't know what it is. It is what it is. I'm trying, but yeah, I don't get the clear chances. Again, mm, clear chances for Zlatan playing deeper backs, coincidence, I think not. All right. The injuries are bad though for the Galaxy. This isn't this isn't a good stretch. Um we've talked about the game, you know, against Colorado I don't know that he let me let's see. You know what? I think I have a, a legit quote that I'd like to read because there's there's something in the way he said it. And I could give you a little context. Um, let's see if you need to cover. Um, he says, and I quote, um, I he says on if the team is too soft at certain times in the game, he says, I definitely think so. Um, actually, no, let's go to this one. He says, on if it's an effort issue, I asked him. I said, Siggy says this is an effort issue. Is it an effort issue? Are you guys not trying as hard in key moments? Uh, that was basically my question to him, and he comes off and he says, of course. If that's what the manager sees, then most likely that's probably what it is. Of course, we're running and we're trying, but it's just more organization. Maybe we don't have to run as much, and maybe we don't have to be that tired. It's more that we're shooting ourselves in the foot. That's that's Sebastian Legette disagreeing with what Siggy Schmidt is saying. Because he changes it. You can hear it. Of course, if the manager says that we're not giving effort, then I see that. But we are running. We are trying. It's not because we're not trying. It's because maybe we're not being smart at the points where we're giving max effort. That is something. In Barcelona, Barcelona has this great uh, great sort of motto. Uh, it's run small, run smart. All right, It's maybe run little, run smart. However, it's translated into English. That's That's how it is. Uh, runs, you know, run small, run smart, which basically means you shouldn't be out there running around like crazy. You should, you should be doing the minimum amount of running in order to do your job. So that's what you have with the Galaxy right now. Again, a disappointing performance, but there's some arguments to be made here. Let's let's get into some of those arguments, um, if I can get to them, if we can see it. Are the Galaxy actually getting better because they're scoring first? Are the Galaxy better? When they're scoring first, the Galaxy better whenever they give up a goal first? Have the Galaxy been getting consistently better and just not seeing the results over it? Again, one loss in the last 12 games. If you track that, that's a good stat to see because the Galaxy aren't losing games right now. Yes, some of these were easier. I absolutely agree that some of these games were easier. I'm not going to say that. But the Galaxy aren't losing those games either. They're They're drawing those games. They're winning games. One loss in their last 12 games. Right, there's a reason they climbed up there. There's a reason they're in fourth place. Ashley Cole said, uh, if he was uh, if it, if he was going crazy uh, with not, with trying to figure out the Galaxy's defense, he says I'm gone already. It's difficult. At the start of midseason, we were going down and coming back in games. Then the last few weeks, we we're leading games and conceding silly goals. I think we're disappointed how we're conceding goals, and we have to change it. Sure, all that great, except that the Galaxy are probably a better team when they're playing from behind. All right, Because they have to try to play with possession. They can't just be direct and try to score. The Galaxy, whenever they go down, seem to be able to ha- find the gear and, and fight for it. That's a good thing to have. It's not as bad as you think it is. All right, It's not as bad as you think it is. And the Galaxy are showing that they're getting better. Really, small adjustments here. Small adjustments show huge dividends for the LA Galaxy if they can get just a little bit tighter on some of this stuff. If they can score goals, if they go up to Seattle and score the first goal, things are better for the Galaxy. I know it'll you'll say, but they're better at playing from behind. I would agree they're better, but trying to do this on the road, and the Galaxy will do better on the road because they don't have the possession issue they have at home. At home, they're expected to have possession. This team is not a possession team. Just get it out of your head. They can't pass. They don't move very well, but they move well when they're direct. They move well whenever they get the ball up to Zlatan and let him distribute out. They're good at moving off of the ball from the center once they get it up into the attacking zone. The strength of this Galaxy team is in its offense, so when they can rely on the offense, and that doesn't happen when you're, down, when you're up a goal, but when you can rely on the offense, the Galaxy team is okay. But at the same time, on the road, and there's a reason the Galaxy have had some success on the road, is you're not expecting them to carry the ball. So don't, again, don't expect that they have to carry this ball, that they have to carry the possession. That's not, that's not what we want to see. What we want to see from the Galaxy is that they're playing with purpose and flair, and you've seen them in the last two games do that, and then you lose four players to injury. Uh, other things that happened in this game, I don't know if you were at the stadium. Uh, I think a little over 16,000 was the final uh, tally in terms of supporters, and that's great for a Wednesday or excuse me, a Tuesday. I'm, it was so stupid that it was a Tuesday. So stupid. Um, I hate Tuesday games. They're the they're the worst. The absolute worst. Uh, they've screwed up my whole week, by the way. Not that I'm complaining anymore. But just having a Tuesday game screws up my whole week, and I don't like it. I don't like midweek games to begin with, and Tuesdays are the worst. Uh, so anyway, doing a Tuesday game on the Tuesday night. So there were 16,000 there. You might have noticed it sounded like a funeral in the first half. Um, a, a little bit of a protest going on by Angel City Brigade ACB in the north side of the stadium. Um, there's There's been sanctions levied on them. In fact, no drums, no banners, no flags um, for the next two home games. So that's over with now gone, in terms of the home, uh, the home, you know, uh, protection, or the home sanctions that they were under, so two games, but the rest of the year, on the road, they will also be without the flags, the banners, um, the drums, and all that stuff, and they were protesting uh, the LA Galaxy front office, because Angel City Brigade thinks they're not being treated fairly, and uh, I think we talked about it on Tuesday, they may have a beef there, and it sounded like a funeral in there, it was quiet, it was very quiet. All right, they started cheering in the second half. That was their protest was the first half. Uh, they tweeted out at the, in the first half. It said, a club without its most passionate fans is heartless and lifeless. You can be the most successful club in the world, but without them, you have no soul. Mm-hmm, there you go. Okay. I've, of course, asked for an official statement from the LA Galaxy, and you know that one was not provided because they said that they wouldn't do that. Um, so that's what you get from the club whenever, you, whenever I ask questions about what's going on, uh, which I don't think is a great look. I think you could have just told me what your thought side is on stuff, and then I could have presented it here, but um, apparently not. That's how it goes. Um, so anyway, I-, I thought it was better in the second half. The Galaxy played better in the second half. The game was better. You didn't. There was no way you could have predicted there were four goals in that game after the first 45 minutes. There's no way. In fact, I was talking to uh, to friend of the show, Sarah, at halftime. By the way, if you ever want to... If you ever want to come meet me and see me and say hi at halftime, top of section 108 at the bottom of the press box stairs, you'll see me there. I come there every game, every halftime. I'm more than willing to say hi. You can stand in the circle, we can talk about the game. I can give you all the information that I did. Yeah, and I should point out, Lars did put in a good effort. I don't want to just say that it was, you know, that there was no effort on that. They're, they really did a good job uh, on all this. I, and we're going to talk about Seattle. Chat room's trying to get a, get me ahead all and all this stuff. So, anyway, wanted to make sure that you had that as well. Um, but, yeah, you can come say hi to me anytime you want. That works. Uh, LA Galaxy injuries right now. Ramon Alessandrini and, of course, Corner of the Galaxy broke this news on Tuesday uh, before it was 100% official. Uh, we tweeted out that the MRI showed no significant damage to the knee um, and that I should say no structural damage to the knee um, and that it didn't look like it was a long-term injury. Uh, Siggy Schmidt came on came in after the game. I asked the question in order to get an update on four players. It was supposed to be just two, but then two more got hurt. I asked for an update in this, and uh, Siggy Schmidt came through and told us the same thing about Roman Alessandrini. He says it's his knee injury, MRI didn't show any structural damage, but there is a bruise to heal on that knee. Uh, he expects him to be out one to two weeks. Borderline whether or not Roman Alessandrini is back for LAFC on 824. Yeah, I wouldn't put money on it right now. Giovanni Dos Santos actually has the worst of the injuries. Whenever you looked at those, you thought Roman's was worse than Gio's. That is not the case. Giovanni Dos Santos got a grade two quad strain out three to four weeks per Siggy Schmidt. That's a month. Uh, So he's not going to be back for LAFC. You have Jonathan Dos Santos, who is out now for for sure Seattle. I'm guessing you're not going to get him back for LAFC. He has a groin strain. It's a grade one strain. Um, You're probably looking at two to four weeks two to three weeks somewhere in there. So we'll see how that goes. Michael Ciani had his hamstring injury. He will not be traveling to Seattle as well. Hamstring injury. This is something that Michael Ciani has been dealing with a whole bunch of this injury for the whole year. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but if you watched him on his hamstring, he's always holding it. He's always stretching it. And he's been able to get through games with this injury for a while, but he felt it tighten up. They wanted to make a change because they were worried about it. So we don't. he's not going to be traveling to Seattle either, so you can count him out. That is four players the Galaxy did not have injured whenever they started the game against Minnesota that are now out, and that includes all three designated players. By the way, MLS kind of stole my stats. They didn't really. Somebody, somebody went back and did the same thing that I did. In fact, they did it further. Starting in the summer of 2017, the LA Galaxy's three designated players have played a total of 27.1% of the total available minutes for the LA Galaxy. They went back into the, to 2017. I didn't even go that far. I just have 2018 numbers. Giovanni Dos Santos so far in 2018 has played 35.1% of the total available minutes. Jonathan Dos Santos 57.2%. Roman Alessandrini 60.8% of the total available minutes. That means combined, the three LA LA Galaxy designated players have combined for a total of just barely over 50%, 51% of the total available minutes. You want to know why the LA Galaxy have been struggling for a lot of these years? Starting in 2017, throw out the 27.1%. That is exactly why. You have your three highest paid players on the team, and those dudes cannot stay on the field. Injuries, injuries in quotation marks, whatever you want to call it, however it is. Ramon Alessandrini is not immune from this criticism either. He has missed a significant amount of time. Granted, he's played the most out of the three designated players. All right, but that's that's what you see 51%. 51%, that's how much it is. You throw uh Ola Kamara in there, has played 83.6% of the minutes. What a signing. What a signing. Ola Kamara is. Zlatan Ibrahimović has played 71.9% of the minutes that have been available to him. That's 22 games for him, 25 games for everybody else. Yes, Gio and Jonah were with Mexico. And yes, I did count those as absences because a designated player is supposed to be on the field for the Galaxy. That's how it works. All right? That's how it works. So that's you want to talk about a huge issue? That is one of the huge issues that you have coming out of this. Galaxy will not be successful if they don't have any designated players, and right now it looks like there will be no DPs ready to play against LAFC, which would be the second time this year that the Galaxy will face off against LAFC in the third round of the El Trafico at StubHub Center. That'll be the second time in a row at StubHub Center that the Galaxy have had no DPs. Zero. Nada. None for that game. That's just nuts, Right? I'm not the only one who's sitting here is going, "Oh, that that makes that, that doesn't make any sense." It's something the ha- Galaxy have to look at. It's something they have to get better with is how available these players are going to be. Steven Gerrard would never played as a designated player. All right, Robbie Keane towards the end was injured a lot. This is something you need to see. By the way, chat room's saying, "Hey, LA Galaxy" Bring back the Thundersticks. I'm a a big fan of the Thundersticks, by the way. I think Thundersticks every game. I already told uh, LA Galaxy PR that. Said that exact same thing. Said it, said it, said it. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any cool stats that I have in here. LA Galaxy averaging 1.48 points per game. That is just slightly under their 1.54 historical average of points per game. Um, And if you're looking at the total points through 25 games... The LA Galaxy currently about mm, almost a full point underneath their average. So they have 37 points after 25 games. Their average is 37.9, so almost 38 points. So this Galaxy team is an average Galaxy team. Gee, doesn't that show in the standings? Yes, it does, Josh. You're so smart. Thank you. Lots of stuff. I'm going, th- I have all my all my notes here, all my stuff that I'm just sort of thumbing through, so that way we can keep going through this. I have some extra junk for you. I have a system. I have a little filing system called extra junk and that's for stuff that uh, I want to throw in there. Um, I would like to throw out some some viewer parties. People have asked me to talk about some viewing parties coming up for LAFC so we'll jump ahead to that real quick. <clears throat> 824 is when that game is being played. It's a Friday night. Uh, if you are in New York City... Uh, yes, I consider Corner of the Galaxy to be the listening post from which we broadcast to all Galaxy fans around the world, no matter where you are. So, if you're in New York City, boy, do I have a deal for you at Smithfield, N.Y.C. That's 138 West 25th Street in New York City. That's New York, New York, 10001. Uh, a 10:30 p.m kickoff time on the East Coast uh, will be LA Galaxy versus LAFC, and that is an LA Galaxy watch party right there at Smithfield, New York City. Atlanta, yes, Atlanta, you too. We, We love you out there in Atlanta as well. And if you have somehow eschewed uh, the, the Atlanta United and you are still a Galaxy fan, then you, you deserve a viewing party of your own. Uh, Stats Brew Pub in Atlanta, that's 300 Marietta Street Northwest in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff time. There are people who are already ready to go to those, so you will not be alone if you go to those places. All right? I'm serious and not be alone to go to those places. Uh, if you want a Seattle watch party, uh, one of the uh, somebody on Twitter asked me to throw this one out, but an LA Galaxy watch party in Temecula. Uh, the bridge on third, that's 2743. Uh, let's see, is that right? What what is that address? I don't even know what that address is or try just call, it's on third street, the bridge on third, okay? It's in Temecula. You can go there this Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff time for Seattle Sounders. That's my that's my interesting stuff. All right, that's my interesting stuff that we have. Let's go to some wacky MLS news. Why not? It's fun. I enjoy wacky. Do you enjoy wacky? MLS? I enjoy wacky MLS stuff. It's fun. Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch. Mark Wahlberg possibly interested in buying the Columbus Crew. There was an article on this. I'll, I'll read. I'll save you the time. Uh, it was in Last Word on Soccer. Uh, if you want to go there and, and check it out, always got to give the, the the link out so that way you can go find it. But Mark Wahlberg, Mark Mar- Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch. Could he get a? Could he get Columbus and rename it the Funky Bunch, please? I swear, I would I would, I would be in 100% for that. I know nobody else would, but I am in. Uh, he says, uh, whenever they he was asked about possibly uh, buying the Columbus Crew, he says, actually, you know what? I would. My dear friend Bob Kraft has not only the New England Patriots, but he owns the New England Revolution as well. I have a bunch of people who are involved. I think that may be something we need to discuss. So Mark Wahlberg and the Funky Bunch possibly buying the Columbus Crew. And, of course, you know the Columbus Crew possibly moving to Austin. Uh, yeah. That deal apparently got the go-ahead from the Austin City Council to move forward, um, so we'll see if Columbus ends up relocating to Austin. So save the crew. Uh, certainly still in full effect. Maybe Mark Wahlberg's an answer there, maybe it's not, uh, but it's a bad black eye for Major League Soccer doing uh, doing this to the Columbus crew. I'll say that right away. So it's certainly going to be something we're going to see. Uh, This is another just weird one. I I do this because, you know, whenever everybody always says that rules are made in favor of the Galaxy all the time, I like to point out that other guys get breaks all the time, too. Um, Orlando City acquired a Defender on loan today. Today is recording, August 16th. You say, but Josh, didn't the transfer window close already? Why, yes. The transfer window did close. So, how in God's name did Orlando City acquire a defender defender Carlos Asuces? That's please. That's as close as I'm going to get, and I probably don't. We'll never have to say that. Watch, he'll come to the Galaxy. I'll probably end up having to learn it. Um, but anyway, uh, comes on loan um, from somewhere in South America. I didn't read the whole thing, but I just wanted to find out what mechanism this is. All right, and this is how they did it. See, they put in all the transfer and paperwork in before the transfer window closed. That goes into FIFA's online thing, you type it in. Uh, you got to put all the put all the correct information in that. Well, apparently, Carlos, whenever they were filling this out, didn't put his bank account number in there, which is funny. They need to have a bank account in order for this to be an official transfer. I guess that's so he gets paid, so that way everyone understands where the money's supposed to go. It's a FIFA protection, that type of thing. But apparently he forgot to do it. And whenever they didn't notice it until after the window had closed. And so basically that transfer didn't go through. But because there was a good faith, um, you know, on all sides and all parties to get it done by the time it was, and it was just because of this bank account, they had to go through MLS... MLS then had to go to U.S. Soccer and U.S. Soccer had to make a FIFA appeal in order to get this happen. And FIFA looked at it and said, yeah, listen, you guys did all the right things. It was just a bank account. It's just a number. Everything else was there. Everything is is good. You're good. Thank you very much. Um, and so they approved that. So that is how Orlando City uh, got FIFA to let them have a, a loan uh, outside the transfer window, which I thought was interesting. That's just one of those wacky things that you're going to see in years to come. You're going to be like, oh, man, how did this person do it? And you're probably going to you're going to go back and see this. We'll see what we do there. All right. Uh, MLS standings. Atlanta United still at the top of the Eastern Conference. Two points per game, which is higher than anybody else. And he lies immediately. How did you like that lie? That was a quick lie, wasn't it? Atlanta United at two points per game, having played one more game, 24 games, than the New York Red Bulls at 23. New York Red Bulls at 2.04 points per game right now. So New York Red Bulls in prime position to be a Supporter Shield leader here. All they have to do is get that game in hand and win it, and they will be above Atlanta United right now. I'm going to tell you this because everybody keeps trying to point this out to me. The Galaxy are ahead of everybody in terms of games played. They have 25. Uh, Only Real Salt Lake has 25. Um, Let's see. Who else? Montreal Impact has 25. That's it. Okay. So there's three teams who have 25 games played. The LA Galaxy are one of them. Josh, how can you say the LA Galaxy are a playoff contender whenever they have sometimes two or three games in hand over people? And it's very simple because I look at points per game. Points per game. In the Western Conference right now, if you were to sort it by points per game, the Galaxy would go from fourth place to fifth place based on points per game. Here's the other thing I can tell you with games in hand. Games in hand are only useful if you win those games, if you draw those games, if you lose those games. The game in hand does not help you. And if you're the LA Galaxy, you have to be feeling pretty good in terms of the teams that are underneath you that you have already played these games and are averaging 1.48 points per game. I told you... I think two or three times, two or three games ago, that there was a stat that came out um, that basically said that at this point in the season, which I think it was you know, 75% of the season, um, that most teams are who they are. Their points per game are pretty much going to hold out. You're not going to see dramatic shifts up, dramatic shifts down. It ends up being that six, like six or seven teams still have the ability to jump up and jump down. Yes, absolutely right. That could still happen. But right now for the LA Galaxy, where they're at is not horrible. They're in fourth, Possibly fifth. All right. So the Galaxy are a top six team in the Western Conference. That's what we've been arguing for most of the time. I'm not saying it's not going to get tight, and the Galaxy do not have an easy schedule down the stretch, but this Galaxy team is is an okay team. You need to give them a little more time. I know they can't hold a lead. Yeah, okay, that's great. But they're also not losing these games. They lost to Colorado, Josh. That's one game in 12. Look at how they're playing. Look at the trend that they're doing. They're trend, I know Dr- Josh, they're trending negative right now. Yeah, they are a little bit. But if they win one game in this next couple of stretch, all of a sudden that trend is positive again because they haven't been losing games. Galaxy sit in eighth place in the supporters shield race. Are they in eighth place in the supporter shield? They're a top 10. Are they a top 12? They're probably top 12. They're probably top 12, which gives them four sort of places to slide in there. Whenever you look at where they are. Now If they get lucky on just a couple of these results, there's nine games left, everybody. Nine games. Nine games. Yeah, I'm not saying the Galaxy are going to go into the playoffs and win MLS Cup. Although, somebody was pointing out to me today that the Galaxy are a dangerous enough team that for some reason they got hot at the right time in the playoffs, they could make it to an MLS Cup. I'm not saying they could win it. I'm not saying they could beat an Atlanta in an MLS Cup. But yeah, they could go. They could do it. They could also not make the playoffs. But I think where they're sitting right now with nine games left for them, that's okay. But the nine games they have, five away games, four home games. Two of those away games are on turf, which means this one on Saturday and then the one against Minnesota coming up on October 21st are both on turf. Does Zlatan play in any of those? That was my question of the day to the chat room. Lots of answers. Yes, no, maybe, probably not. Zlatan Ibrahimovic talked about it after the game. Just one of the great things. I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere, Merritt Paulson like mashed his teeth and got really upset uh, because he was talking about the turf in Portland. Uh, he says, uh, and it was a question asked by uh, Scott French. Scott French asked, uh, are you know, are you going to go up to Seattle? There's all these injuries. Maybe you could go up there. And he goes. And, and we're like, and he's like, I don't know which turf is even up there. That's what Zlatan, so we sort of were explaining, and he's like, oh, you know, the whole deal. He says, I don't know which turf it is. For me, all of them are the same, and I think it's a shame to play on turf because football was not created on turf. But so far, I didn't play on turf. Well, I think I did. One game in Portland, 10 minutes. It was actually 18 minutes. He goes, and that was the worst turf I ever played on. Scott French then said, oh, really? That's the best turf in the league. And he goes, he goes, uh, let's see, this is, uh, he goes, oh, so that says everything. Uh, he goes I haven't come so far it's Tuesday today I just got two I just lost two points and let's see what happens tomorrow and I will discuss what the situation will be before the weekend he did not talk to media on Thursday Siggy Schmidt said that he knew whether or not Zlatan was playing uh, he figured that Seattle would figure it out on Friday because they're training on Friday Galaxy traveled up to Seattle on Thursday he said that they're training on Friday and that Seattle I'm sure would have a spy there to be able to figure it out so this isn't a competitive advantage game the Galaxy just want to play a little difficult with us plus they want to allow s- Seattle to sell some more tickets to play the Galaxy Seen to see Zlatan Ibrahimović coming and blah, 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 all this other stuff, all right? I don't know whether Zlatan's playing. I would lean towards him not playing. But doing that, I think you understand that you're putting your team at a significant disadvantage going against Seattle. Zlatan evens things out a lot, but do you risk him? Could you possibly risk him? That's a dangerous thing. And Nick in uh, in the chat room says, can someone explain like I'm five what makes certain turf good or bad? It usually has to do with the cushioning. Um, but that's sort of where you look at look at how it plays. Portland has the highest rated turf in terms of its cushioning, in terms of its playability. It has longer strands instead of the stuff that's usually played in Seattle, which is shorter because football players like shorter grass. So uh, American football players go in there and that sort of dictates the surface. Um, you know, Seattle's going to tell you that they have really good turf. New England's going to tell you that they have the same turf as Portland, but Portland has generally found that, uh, that it has the best turf, the most playable. And that being said, it's still very unplayable with the way the ball bounces and skids and and does all sorts of stupid things. Get, I'm with Slot on this. So you, you shouldn't play on turf. All right. Portland has an excuse that they have an underground river that runs right underneath their field. But I have imagined if you put some money into it, you could probably figure that out. <clears throat> all right. That's that's what we see. It, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, all right. Let's get to this game against Seattle. Got a little bit of time left. Want to get to it. LA Galaxy play the Seattle Sounders coming up on Saturday, August 18th. This is a 1 p.m. kickoff time. This game is on ESPN and ESPN Deportes, so it is a nationally televised game, which means that you probably won't find it on ESPN+. What, Josh? Didn't you just say it was on ESPN? Yes, I did. And for some reason, ESPN is not on ESPN+, Plus most of the time. There you go. Isn't that fun? Don't we like that? LA Galaxy, like I said, traveling up on Thursday... We'll train in Seattle on Friday, and I saw some uh, some people who are already up there. It looks like it's a little chilly in Seattle, which is good. That's what you like to see, a little chilly. It's like 62, 63 degrees up there this afternoon. That's not bad at all. Uh, I think uh, I think that might do the Galaxy a little good um, in terms of this. But I will tell you right now, Seattle, 9, 9, and 5, 32 points. They are 5, 4, and 2 at home for 17 points. They are on a five-game winning streak. Not a five-game unbeaten streak, a five-game winning streak. And they are in an eight-game unbeaten streak. All right, Seattle is playing much better. Now, they got a little help against FC Dallas in terms of some ridiculously tough play that was allowed on both sides of this team, on both sides of the ball, um, and then a red card eventually in this game. Um, and it looks like uh, Raul Ruud, Ruud Diaz. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, Ruud Diaz. Um, it looks like he's not going to be suspended, although he absolutely should have been suspended 100% for his uh, his headbutt on on Rito Ziegler. Um, Ziegler eventually hits him in the head with two hands and also deserves a red card and got red carded for it. But VAR didn't find anything, and I don't think the disco is going to do anything anyway. This seems like a Joseph Martinez thing all over again, like they set a precedent. And now, and now... They're they're saying oh well we can't go back and call it that that headbutt and it absolutely was a headbutt he throws his head back trying to get Ziggler that's why that's why Ziggler's so so upset about it and hits him in the head is because he tried to headbutt him in the head he did it um, and then that's what you get from that. Uh, so anyway, it, it's a it's a bad look for MLS, but that's that's just refs, and they are just it is exactly what it is. Uh, Seattle sitting at eighth in the Western Conference, 12th in the Supporters Shield, looking for their sixth straight win. Uh, they are at home. I would uh, I would hedge my bets in Seattle's direction on this. Uh, got goals from Chad Marshall and uh, Nico Ladero. Uh, Ladero now has six goals, tied with Will Bruin, uh, and also has seven assists. Ladero is their best player. Uh, the new the new designated player that they have up there in in terms of uh, Rua Diaz. He seems like he's pretty good. Um, we'll see sort of what he has, but yeah, that's going to have to be, that's going to have to be somebody, the galaxy will watch on. And you're going to, you're going to see that those guys, you're going to see Roldan and Ladero and ship and Ru Diaz going at, you know, the back line of probably Romney and Steres and, uh, and, and Shelvick and Cole. Although again, if I'm Siggy Schmidt, I throw, I throw Felcher in there and go five man back line, um, and put three in the center with kitchen and Carrasco and, uh, and legit, um, and then get uh, get I don't know Ola Kamara up top, and if you want to put another one, or you can throw in another midfielder and go, you know, five four one. Does that work? Is that enough? Yeah, that is five four one. You could do that. You could do that absolutely. So that's that's what you're seeing. That's that's what you're seeing. Um, I don't know if Zlatan plays. I I would I would guess that he's not. I would guess the Galaxy lose this game it's also mls i mean as soon as you start and, and we all know this as soon as you start thinking mls is one way it's all it's usually the other way all right it's usually the other way so so again keep that in mind look for the successes though a success in seattle is a draw i'll tell you right now if they win you should just you should go out and play the lottery you should absolutely go out and play the lottery asking if Efren travels up to uh, seattle i don't think so i don't think so i don't think this is a game you want to put them in this game has te- could be very ugly. This game has a tendency to get out of hand. This game against Seattle could be something you don't want to see. And by the way, Seattle hasn't lost to the Galaxy since July 9th, 2016. That's when the Galaxy went up to Seattle and beat them 1-0. All right, that's 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 seriously that's what you're that's what you're seeing. This Seattle team's on a streak. They're a team that should could possibly run into the playoff spot. It's going to get muddy in this playoff spot. There are too many teams that are right on top of each other, and this game is not going to decide it for the Galaxy. Certainly not. But a game against LAFC on Friday, August 24th, that one could decide where the Galaxy, what the Galaxy do and how they do it. Uh, you look at a game where they're going to have to go away to Salt Lake, that game is one that could certainly decide things. Playing away at Toronto, you're trying to get a point there. Hosting excuse me, hosting Seattle on Sunday, September 23rd, that's a game that you need to win. You're looking at this. The Galaxy now need to get, and they got one point, so they need 14 points out of the next nine games. Guess what? It's almost like 1.5 points per game. You need to average it. You need to win some of these games. Where do the wins come from? Because Real Salt Lake should be a win in Real Salt Lake, and that's a tough place to play and win. Hard field at altitude. You need to beat somebody like Toronto. You need to beat Seattle at home. Do you feel confident with that right now? Beating Seattle at home. Do you feel confident playing the Vancouver Whitecaps and beating Vancouver? This is this. Is, there's a couple things. You should feel confident in this LA Galaxy's team. LA Galaxy team's ability to compete. You should feel confident in that. You should not feel confident in their ability to win a game. I was telling the LA Galaxy PR staff whenever they're asking me what I thought about the Minnesota game. And I told them exactly what I thought, which was the LA Galaxy have more talent. They have more offensive talent, but their defense is weaker. They should be able to beat Minnesota at home. That makes sense. They should beat them. And they said, will they beat them? I said, I doubt it. They'll probably draw. That's what you're getting from this. The game against LAFC is going to be huge. And, you know, again, it's going to be a short week for the Galaxy. They go up and granted, it's an early game. It's probably a good thing. Galaxy will be home on Saturday night. Um, so they'll play, they'll hop on a plane, and they'll be back in Los Angeles, which is good because they'll have to play on Friday against um, LAFC. So looking at all these games and where you're going to get the points, where are you going to get the points? You need 14, all right? Just doing basic math, you have to win four games just to get 12 points, all right, and it's, and, and draw two more. So, so you have to win four Draw two, and you could lose the three. You can lose three. So which are the three games of the Galaxy you're going to lose if you're trying to get 1.5 points per game and keep that playoff position? It's going to get tight. I think the Galaxy do it, but it's not going to be pretty. And if it does start to get pretty, then watch out. Then we can start talking about other things in the playoffs. But the Galaxy are a borderline playoff team. There are six, there are five, there are four in the Western Conference. There are seven. I can see them as seven. I can absolutely see them as a 7. And it's MLS, so any game is winnable at any time. Looking at this game, I would predict that it's probably 3-1 Seattle. That's what it feels like. I want to know where the offense is coming from. If Zlatan's not playing, Ola Kamara's up there by himself, and you got five, four in the midfield and five on the back line, and you're trying to stop people, I mean, where does the offense come from? Chris Pontius? Sebastian Lejet Emu Boateng comes into this game? Where are you going to get the offense from? Ola Kamara is going to score, you know, three or four goals. Let's see it. Let's see how it goes, and what you know. There's just there's so many things the Galaxy could could really get into with this. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's what you got. The LA Galaxy facing off against the Seattle Sounders. Coming up on Saturday, at one p.m. kickoff time. Should be an interesting game. Uh, if you're looking for coverage on our on the Corner of the Galaxy, Twitter handle might not be there for this time. Uh, I will be traveling in Denver, so if you're trying to get a hold of me or anything like that, I will be in Denver visiting my son this weekend, uh, but I'm certainly going to try to watch that game if at all possible. I may also be out uh, doing stuff with my son. So I usually don't miss games, you know that, but uh, but dad and, and son time is one of those things that's important, and uh, if he has stuff to do, like go to swimming lessons or anything else, we'll certainly see if we can get it. All right, LA Galaxy against Seattle Sounders. got LAFC and Heineken Rivalry Week coming up next week. There'll be a show on Monday, myself and Mr. Kevin Baxter. Panda and Pato in the morning are absolutely still back. We are ready for you. I will make an announcement right now. You should see this. First of all, you should probably stop whatever you're doing. You should pause the podcast after I tell you that there are only three more days, three more days for Panda and Pato in the morning shirts. That's it all right, that's it, $20 gets you one of these ridiculously ugly shirts that is sure to be a collector's item, uh, go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and click the shop button, or just click on the link, I'll put the link at the top of this, it'll be right there, Panda and Pato shirts, you can get them, do not miss out, you won't want to miss out, you don't want to be one of those people who sees this shirt at StubHub Center and said, "Ah, oh, for $20 I could have that shirt, you don't want to be that guy, or that girl, you don't, you don't want to do that. This is a collector's item. It's never. We're never selling it again. It's a stupid idea. Why would anybody wear this shirt? But you're going to see them. And you're going to wish you had one. And you sh- certainly should get it. Okay? Panda and Pato, three days left. It will not... Three days. That's it. Done. No mas. Don't come crying to me. You're going to be like, Josh. Josh, seriously. I was going to order one, but then I didn't. Nope. Nope. Nope, that's not how it works. I know we reopened some of the other ones. This one's never being reopened again because it's a stupid shirt. Look at it. It's got a panda on it. It's got a duck in boat shoes on it. That's ridiculous. And it's seriously one of my favorite shirts we've ever made. So please, if you can, support the show. We appreciate it. Um, About 25 or 30 people have shirts already. Uh, Kevin and I only bought about... 15 of those, so, I mean, there's gonna be a bunch of people wearing them, I can tell you that right now, so go head on over cornerofthegalaxy.com, click the shop button if you want to get scarves, they're there too still have scarves, they ship out pretty quickly we're doing that, alright, so lots of stuff to do, uh, I'm glad that uh, everybody's supporting you, so you guys are amazing and, uh, and we're lucky to have you for sure alright, anything else that we have here, I'm looking through my notes, looking through everything else uh, I don't think so, alright if you're looking for me on Twitter it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to galaxycom That's where you can find all of our articles, our podcasts, all the news, and I think we're doing a pretty darn good job over there. If you're not reading those articles, you're missing out on some of the best Galaxy coverage, Galaxy-centric, specific coverage from an independent outlet there is. All right? If you want PR stuff, you can go to the Galaxy's website. All right? Uh, Go to iTunes and you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. That's where you can subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about us for sure. That is the way we grow and we're still growing and the numbers are going up. So everything's going awesome. You're all amazing. People in the chat room are amazing. People on Twitter are amazing. I only have to yell and scream at a couple of you on occasion. And no, the ball did not go over the line. You can't prove it. Nobody's ever going to prove it. Alright, that's it. I'm Josh Guestman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Everyone have a great, safe, Night. If you're up in Seattle, stay warm, stay dry, and everybody's back here on Friday at StubHub Center for the third
0: El Tráfico. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent L.A. Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.